Well, the uh, events of the last few days and really of the last few weeks and in many ways of the last few months have shed a light on the activities of Community Security Service, or CSS. You can get information at thecss.org, thecss.org. And Adam Sager, who is the uh, director of CSS, is with us live via telephone. Adam, good morning and welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice to speak with you. Um, Give me a little history. When was the Community Security Service founded? Yeah, we, we've been thinking about this stuff for a while. We, we founded the organization about 15 years ago uh, here in New York and um, realizing that there's a threat to our community that we need to address in a professional way. Um, and it's a body of trained volunteer security professionals that now stretch across the country, about 5,000 people strong, um, all trained to protect synagogues, um, schools, and community events. And uh, I'm just curious, before we talk about the recent events here in the New York area of the last few days, I'm curious, was it a specific episode that happened 15 years ago, uh, which spurred on the founding of Community Security Service, or was it just a general atmosphere? Uh, It it was more of a general atmosphere myself and uh, my co-founder, David Davicek, who founded the organization. Um, we, We saw that the community had, in some places, security. Uh, very few, but in some. But even that security was untrained, generally minimum wage um, guards who sometimes mean well, but they have no real training in how to protect our community. They don't know what's suspicious or what's not. And we said, this is this is crazy. We, you know, we were professionals with background in security. And the beginning, it was just us saying, how can we help? How do we help the community get from where it is to a much more secure environment. And I um, and I assume those guards that you're citing were also unarmed. Am I right about that? Uh, by the most, for the most part, yes. In the community, for the most part, yes. So if you're 5,000 strong across the country, I mean, you have any clue how many synagogues and schools are utilizing your training and services at this point? Uh, it's it's uh, hundreds, of, um, hundreds of locations on a weekly basis, which is a lot, but in the span of the community, uh, it's only a drop in the bucket. Um, some of us have seen, especially among some of the larger synagogues in large communities, have seen some type of security presence. You walk in Shabbos morning, could be difficult for a guest to uh, get through the front door. They probably don't know the code and the code is not posted. You have to wait for someone to open it up. You're met by people who don't look at you necessarily with a suspicious eye, but look at you, you know, examining, you know, is this obviously somebody who's a guest of someone in the community or not? I guess all these subtleties and nuances are part of your training, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, most of what needs to happen is um, long before any event happens. So it's identifying a suspicious person, but it's also knowing the community. You know, if you if you're from the community, you know who belongs generally. You know, you and ninety ninety five percent of all the people you can welcome into the community without doing any real security work with them. And so you can focus your efforts on the few that may be out of place or suspicious um, or are acting in some unusual way. And that's the best way, the most effective way to do security, which uh, most paid security can't do, which is why having at least a component leading your security effort that's from the community but trained to do so uh, has, has proven to be across the, across the world, in Jewish communities across the world, the most effective solution. Right. Yeah, and I get that. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, nonetheless, there's still a budget that's required. I mean, I would assume that 
uh, you and your staff would you know recommend to certain synagogues and institutions that they put up certain fences, barricades, I and mean, we're talking about you know multiple ways that someone unfortunately can attack a synagogue or school. Uh, that that's right. Yes, there are, there are the physical security enhancements that are needed, and at a minimum, there are some things you need to do, like put stronger locks on the doors and access control, emergency procedures, and CSS can help you through all of those um, decisions as well. And there are a lot of other resources in New York and other cities to help the Jewish community through those resources. Um, and um, but you know, when when there's a group of community members who are together, and it may be an event, right? It may be a speaker, maybe a rally, maybe something else. You want to not just uh, be protected, but feel protected. And that's where these groups come, come, uh, you know, come in handy. There are community security groups that, that truly make a difference in what we can do as, as a community. Um, we can protect our own people, and that's, I think, part of what the strength of CSS is. Uh, CSS empowers members of the Jewish community to protect Jewish life. It says that on the homepage of your website. I, I don't mean to get political, but I think something needs to be pointed out. Uh, for those of us who rely on our police forces and on our government to protect us, and believe you me, I know uh, that you know here in the United States we're, we're getting protection like we've gotten from no other country outside of Israel uh, in the history of the Jewish people. So I'm not minimizing the work of the police forces and local authorities. But if you're depending strictly on that, it sounds like um, uh, fr- from uh, from your statement or from the, the way you um, uh, position yourself online, it, it sounds like uh, we're fooling ourselves to a degree. If we think that that is sufficient, uh, then then uh, we're, we're shortchanging our community in terms of uh, security needs. Yeah, the, the police are, are fantastic, um, and they, they'll be the first to tell you they're not there to protect are, or any or any location, they're there to respond to an event. They will be there as you know as fast as they can get there, which is usually very fast if there is an event. Um, but that's their job. It's not to stand in front and protect it. Um, it's not to know our community, know what's in place or out of place. Um, and so that working relationship with local PD for any Jewish community location um, is very important. Right. Um, but that's just part of the equation. Right, they're not going to protect you um, because they they can't um, they can't officially do that, uh, but they will be there to respond. And so it's up to us to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and, and our own community uh, first and foremost. The majority of volunteers, Adam Sager's with us, founder of uh, CSS. You can go to thecss.org Community Security Service. The majority of the volunteers that that we see in front of synagogues and uh, and uh, obvious Jewish looking places uh, across the country are they connected to local authorities? Are the majority of them you know able at a moment's notice to notify you know th- those who we need to be notified immediately? Uh, they are. Um, they always are. Uh, the first seconds of any kind of event, um, they their first job is to respond and protect um, their their community, right, and what, what to do, how to respond in an emergency. Part of that response is communicating with the police and local authorities. Um, but a lot of it actually happens way before an event. If you identify someone, actually conducting surveillance on your location, looking suspicious, and passing that information on to the police so they can then look into them, um, identify if that person really is uh, a threat or is not to the community. And that part of the relationship is just as important, if not more important, because it's an ongoing dialogue back and forward 
um, and really to help build a safer environment for, for everyone in the community. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to name any specific cases, but I think the, the more high-profile ones come to everybody's mind as I say this. Uh, you know, for those of us who roll our eyes at, at the possible effectiveness of the volunteers that you just mentioned, if volunteers like that were in front of the synagogues that have been, you know, victims of the most high profile of these attacks over the last year, I'm not saying we can predict exactly what would have happened, but the odds of, of those murderers getting into the building would certainly have been much, much longer. Yeah, and... and- there's a there's a long history uh, both here and other places, but uh, in the U.S. we have 15 years of experience uh, proving the effectiveness of this model. And these are these aren't just volunteers; these are trained volunteers. Right. Where the more advanced people are trained for months um, and and how to do their work, and they're re- really really amazing at their work. And if you compare that to the security guard in New York State, the training is eight hours to become a security guard. Um, there's there's absolutely no difference in the quality of of the security work you're going to get with someone in the community that is trained and knows that community and that kind of combination um, is unprecedented and a lot of these events yes we we believe would have been uh, very different in how what their outcome would have been uh, but not only that um, it's also a deterrent yeah. right you see someone training professional in front of your facility you're the perpetrator you're likely going somewhere else. Um, and um, in that time where that person goes somewhere else is when we hope we will catch them, uh, when the police will catch them, um, or when they will change their mind and, and not do an attack, and, and that's part of the process as well. You know, Adam, in the aftermath of all this at the moment, um, one of the things to consider is any Jewish gathering, I think you said this already in this conversation, any Jewish gathering, whether it's in a, right. whether it's in a synagogue or not, it could be in someone's apartment or community center or, you know, a place where just people, someone may notice, hey, there are a lot of Jews going in there. You know, there's a lot of a lot, a lot of people walking in there at this point. And I don't mean to alarm anybody, but believe me, uh, what you what you thought 15 years ago, unfortunately, has come to roost. And now we've really got to step things up in terms of security. Yesterday, I was in a kosher bagel store and a, a little bit of a confrontation broke out. And I'm saying to myself, not with me. And I'm saying to myself, oh, gosh, you know, I. I, I immediately pick up my phone, ready to call 911. I ask the person I'm with, uh, what's the address of this store? Just to, you know, because you're thinking completely differently yep. now that somebody is going to be, you know, either racially motivated or hate motivated or whatever the motivation is to, to take action that they would not have dreamt of before. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's sad for all of us that, that our community um, has come to this in many ways and feels this way. Um, and, you know, we believe that we can turn it around. Most people, of course, in, um, in, in every community uh, are very welcoming and, and support the Jewish community, and we don't believe that's changed at all. But it is a different environment today, and you're absolutely right. It, if you have an event, at a minimum, to be aware, but if there are large events that are public, um, to have trained professionals there as well, and if it's not CSS, maybe it's off-duty police officers that you can hire, um, or other really well-trained um, individuals, that's um, recommended anywhere uh, today. Um, and that's that's the case in the U.S. It's the case in most Jewish communities around the world. Um, and, you know, for the foreseeable future, that um, that will be the case. Can you comment on the uh, church shooting from this weekend, or you have nothing to add to that uh, conversation? Well, what, what I'd say is that the what was amazing in the, in the church shooting was the, the response. Right, the um, the trained security uh, volunteers inside of the church 
responded within seconds, um, and they saw the individual was uh, suspicious, and they were able to take action, um, which is fantastic. Where CSS comes into play, um, it's often even before that happens. So if you think someone is suspicious, you need to stop that person even from coming into your facility, right? You don't want to be, have someone just inside that can then respond. But you need someone outside that can see, well, this person's wearing wings. They look suspicious. They're out of place and they're acting strange. Maybe we should let them in. Maybe we should call the police. Maybe we should take other kind of action and hopefully prevent those kind of events from happening. Um, so, um, you know, amazing uh, what they did and, and how professional they were in responding. Um, but it, the complete picture is actually trying to prevent something from happening in the first place. So the, the two sides of the coin are, in our opinion, equally important. What to do in an event to respond and how to actually prevent it from happening in the first place, which is the ideal situation, of course, for our community. No question about it. Well, appreciate your time. CSS, everybody's Community Security Service. If you want to email the folks at CSS or donate to their uh, – uh, to their amazing work. You could do all of it on their homepage. Go to thecss.org, thecss.org for more information. And certainly we have to take into consideration any type of, of, of gathering, whether it's in a noticeably Jewish location or not. If there are a lot of people in our community or any number of our community who are heading to an event, you have to start thinking about uh, the security measures and to start thinking ahead before the uh, the bad guys uh, God forbid, take advantage. Adam, thanks so much for joining us, and stay safe. Thank you. Appreciate it. More coming up. It's a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM.